everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. Today's Sunday sit-down episode is going to be a little bit more in-depth about me, um, my life, something that plays a big part of my life, that being faith, and what faith means to me, and especially as I've gotten older, how I've realized it can mean different things to different people. And there's no problem with that. I'm by no means a Bible thumper, um, but faith plays a huge role in my life. And I just want to share that with you today. Um, Just kind of a heads up as to what you're getting into today in this podcast. And I really need to find some intro music. So if you have any suggestions, send them over. I'm open to feedback as always. Also, if you get anything out of this podcast, as always, I do ask that you please share. Um, The community is growing, and I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate the word of mouth, and hopefully you're feeling that I'm adding value to your life because that's the goal here, is I, I want to help you as the listener to want to get up, to do things, get outside, hopefully, and to live a better life. So with that, uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about the topic of faith and what that means. I wanted to start off by defining faith in a variety of ways. One, from the dictionary. So faith, according to the dictionary, is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, according to the King James Version of the Bible, in Hebrews, it states, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I would even add to that another scripture that says, Wherefore, if a man have faith, he must needs have hope. For without faith, there cannot be any hope. I feel like that's something that's extremely important nowadays, especially with everything going on. I mean, let's be honest, there's still a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of worry, and people going through life just stressed constantly. So even if you don't necessarily read the Bible, uh, you don't maybe you don't believe in God, whatever your faith aligns with, I still feel that it is necessary to have faith and hope. They're intertwined. Now, whatever your faith may be in, a higher being, maybe it's your own destiny, whatever you feel, I I can't even, there's an innumerable amount of religions and spiritualities, and I can't touch on all of them. I know what I know, and I know what my friends have shared with me um, that are not of the same faith as me. And as I've gotten older, it all seems to line up. That faith and hope intertwine. And those that have strong belief systems in faith, in whatever it is they put their faith in, they have that foundation. Those people seem to be able to get through tough times a lot better. They're more malleable. They're more easily or easy to rebound from 
terrible situations or to even just overcome challenges in general because there's something out there. There's that hope. There's faith for things unseen. Whatever, again, whatever that may be for you. So I'd kind of like to share my journey as far as faith is concerned and how I've come to to where I'm at today as a 29-year-old male in North America and even better yet, the United States of America where I'm blessed to have the opportunity to choose what religion I'm a part of, if I want to be a part of one or not, and mainly what I believe, even if you don't believe in organized religion. So it all started when I was a kid, (laughs) even before that. uh, When I was born, I had something called a tracheoesophageal fistula. Now that's a mouthful, so say that five times fast. See if you can. Basically, what happened was my trachea, which is your windpipe, and my esophagus, which is your food pipe, connected after, right, after the initial split. If you know a little bit about anatomy, you understand your, you know, when you swallow, there's a there's kind of a Y that goes down, and one side goes down to your stomach, the other side goes to your lungs, right? Your body is this amazing thing that can tell your throat which way to send the stuff, right? Whether it's air or food, if it recognizes solid, it goes down the food pipe. Recognizes air, goes down the windpipe. Usually. (laughs) So for me, there was a connection after that split. And my esophagus never connected down to my stomach. So... You know, I was drinking milk and I was spitting it up. I started to develop a little bit of pneumonia, a cough. I was losing a lot more weight than most newborns, which if you know anything about newborns, you kind of lose a little bit weight to begin with and then you you gain a ton of weight. The first couple of days, I I was losing a lot of weight. And so they had to call in a specialist. And back then, the um, this wasn't a very known uh situation. I say back then, I mean, it was in the 90s, right? But uh, it was still being kind of discovered, investigated, researched. And and so they figured out what was wrong after doing some tests. And they had to fly in a specialist to do the surgery for me. So he hacked me up, you know, best he could on a couple day old baby. And uh, they were able to attach my esophagus to my stomach, cut the connection between my esophagus and my my trachea. And it was a pretty significant mortality rate from what I understand from the specific surgery that I had. And I pulled through. Um, Now, from a parent perspective, if you have kids, um, think of this as, you know, being my parents. I was their first child. Both of my parents were in college and working and already had enough stress in their life. And this is their first experience with having a child. So imagine that, right? Uh, and then, so that, that happened. <laughs> kind of a big thing in my life. And I survived. Shortly thereafter, within a year or so, uh, 
these two young men in suits and ties knocked on my parents' door. And my mom and and dad had been searching for a little bit more than what they were getting at their current uh, church. And so these young men knocked on the door and they were able to answer a lot of questions that my mom and my dad had that were not being answered at these other churches that they they had been attending their whole lives. So they decided to become converts to the LDS Church, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, before you you know freak out and oh he's a Mormon, um, yes I live in Utah. No I'm not from here, <laughs> from North Carolina, and uh, and I will never in a million years try to convert somebody that doesn't want to hear or have a discussion about the gospel. So just throwing that disclaimer out there. I'm talking about faith in general and my my story, and maybe some of this applies to you. Maybe you find something that you like out of it, but we'll get to kind of a more general idea of faith than what I've what I've come to as an adult. So we're getting there. Just hold with me. Uh, so my parents were, were baptized members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in North Carolina. And then I grew up, you know, had siblings, and, and we were all raised members of the LDS Church. And I was baptized at the age of eight, went on to, uh, to be part of the different quorums, the various quorums. As you, as you get older, uh, you receive the priesthood. You're able to participate in the ordinance of the sacrament, and eventually you're able to baptize, you're able to perform blessings on the sick. And for me, something that, and I know it's a big question for a lot of people, for me it was just another kind of idea of stepping stone, but not really a stepping stone that kind of demeans it, but it was a, it was an accomplishment that I wanted to, or I guess better yet, a life experience that I wanted to have going on a mission. So I knew at the age of 19, like no matter where I was with my college career, working, whatever I was doing at the time, I was going on a two-year mission. I never felt forced. And I never thought about having to preach the gospel and being like a a preacher, if that makes sense. Proselyte gets a lot of bad bad rap because a lot of people just, you just know the people that knock on your door and are trying to basically be a door-to-door salesman uh, about religion. And that can get annoying. So I didn't go into it with that mindset. One, I sent in my papers and that's what you do is you let them know if you know any other languages, if you would like to go to a foreign language speaking mission, if you would like to leave the United States kind of what are your what are the options that you can work with and I was so excited because I I had like three four years of high school Spanish I knew how to say bathroom and something about food and uh hi my name is you know the basics but I really wanted to continue and, and learn another language preferably Spanish and get to know another culture 
I ended up being called to the Mexico City mission. And I was beyond excited. Looking back on it and talking with my mom about it now, she wasn't very happy (laughs) because all she could look up was news articles about crime and kingpin, drug lords, all that crap that they like to spew about unknowns, right, down in Mexico. And so I just kind of laugh now when she brings that up about her stress because I felt amazing being down there. Yes, the first couple weeks were extremely difficult because the guy... So you get put in what's called companionships, but basically another another guy that's on a mission. You're basically roommates with him, and you guys do everything together, right? So you go do service projects, you go proselyte, you go uh, everything, right? You were companions is what it's called uh, during the time that you're together, and then there's transfers that happen throughout the mission. You get different companions, different areas, et cetera, et cetera. And so my first mission companion, he's called your trainer, uh, didn't speak English, even though he's from Cancun, which I thought was very ironic. You would think that such a touristy place would almost encourage you to know English, right? But long story short, he didn't know anything with English. And I got really frustrated because as we were talking to people, and he was expecting me to know that language. And I literally would go to bed with headaches every single night that I was on my mission because I refused to study anything in English. I put all my scriptures, English scriptures, away. The only books that I read were in Spanish. The only thing I did was speak in Spanish. I prayed in Spanish. I really wanted to learn that language, and I was determined. And if anyone, if you know me personally, you know when I get locked onto something, I'm 110% in, if not more. So, yes, I, I was going to bed with headaches every night, just from the scrunched, just brain muscles. And yes, I know it's not a muscle, but anyway, brain muscles working all day to try and understand the language so that I could help them. And going back to the faith portion of it, I'm a firm believer in service. I love serving others. Hence, why I'm doing this podcast and why I've done a lot of things in my life because I want to help other people have a better life. I don't care who you are, where you are, you deserve to have a better life. So that's the way that I took my mission. That's the way I approached it. I didn't think of it as how many people can I teach today? How many people can I talk to about Jesus? It was how can I be more like the person that I'm proclaiming and that I believe and that I know is our Savior, how can I portray him other than with my name tag that's on my chest? And for me, that wasn't knocking on people's doors and trying to shove a message down their throat. It was knocking on people's doors and asking them how we could help them. Can we help clean their front patio? Can we do whatever? right? The sidewalk in front of their house. Can we help them paint? Can we, uh, whatever it was, there was a multitude of things that we always offer. And a lot of people said no, because they know what to 
guys walking around in white t-shirts and, or sorry, white button-up shirts and ties uh, are proselyting and they don't want anything to do with that or they don't have time in their day. But there was also a lot of people that were shocked that we weren't just trying to shove a message down their throat, that we genuinely wanted to help them. And naturally from that arose a lot of questions. Why are you here? They obviously at the beginning of our mission realized I didn't know the language very well. Um, that it, that was something that for them kind of touched their hearts that I was willing to come down, leave everything behind and serve them and not even know the language. Going into a completely foreign country, no contact with my parents, right? Except for an email every or once a week, right? But other than that, I was basically there by myself. And you can imagine a redheaded, blue-eyed, sunburnt <laughs> me walking around. I probably stood out like a sore thumb. So anyway, I uh, learned the language. I still speak it extremely fluently today to the point where people ask me what part of Mexico I'm from. And I always laugh and tell them I'm whiter than their toothpaste. And they get a good kick out of that because they still can't believe, you know, when I'm talking to them on the phones that I'm not Hispanic. So uh, go through my mission for two years. Had a lot of amazing experiences. I lived everywhere from the city life to uh, the poorest parts of the area that I was assigned, where we would literally baptize people in the waterfall, where we had to hike about half a mile to a mile uh, because they didn't have baptismal fonts or, you know, they had to carry all the water. You know, So we would make a, a beautiful event out of it and go to a waterfall, which I thought was just amazing. So served my mission for two years, and uh, that has been a huge impact on my life. I can't say at this point in my life that that is the best two years of my life because my life is constantly progressing. But those two years had an amazing impact on my life. It also taught me to be more open to other beliefs, other faiths, and that just because someone doesn't believe the same way I do doesn't mean they're wrong. Uh, a lot of people will know that in Mexico, Catholicism is a huge belief system down there. It's ingrained in the culture. And there's I had to learn a lot about uh, why they use saints and uh, a lot about their religion to be able to have conversations with them. And there's a lot that I appreciate about their devotion to their belief system. Again, going back to faith, understanding that there are many, many, many different types of faith, but that the people that are most successful, that live the best lives that they can, the happiest lives that they can, believe that there's something more than just them. They have faith in someone or something that is greater than them. That is a key to living a happy and successful life. Faith and hope are intertwined and they are key. So after my mission, came back uh, and I ended up working for a little while. I was planning on going back into college. I had started to, 
to get enrolled. And then I met my amazing wife. And that, again, completely changed the course of my life. I was planning on going back down to Brigham Young University down in Provo. And we got married, so I transferred to a university closer to us. I mean, it's only a 45-minute drive to, to Provo, but I didn't want to make that commute every day, right? And so, again, my faith continued to evolve as I had kids of my own. And I realized that uh, as a missionary, sometimes I would judge people for for not showing up on time when they had kids. Like, well, why can't you be on time? Or sometimes I would even, I'd even judge my parents before. Like, why can't you be on time to church, right? But when you're trying to wrangle, like in my case, five kids within a huge age range, everyone dealing with different things on a Sunday morning, it's not easy. So again, my faith continued to evolve. I realized that it wasn't worth stressing out over getting there beforehand or right on time. It wasn't worth causing the stress in the family. That wasn't part of the faith that I was trying to teach my kids. Now, we've gone years and years, and again, things are continually evolving. I listen to my scriptures every morning. Part of my routine is I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I say a prayer. Sometimes they're longer, sometimes they're shorter, but I always give thanks, at least give thanks for another day. I listen or study, depending on the day. Generally, I listen to at least one chapter of scripture. Currently, I'm in the Old Testament, and that is a crazy, intense book. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't made it through once, try it. It is there's a lot to grasp in there. Even again, even if you're not religious, the Old Testament has a lot of very interesting historical moments in it. So anyway, I wake up, say my prayer, and have my scriptures first thing in the morning. And for me, that is key. Again, going back to the idea of faith and hope, I want to wake up every morning and remind myself that there's something more than just me. That I have faith and hope in something and someone. Not just another day to trudge through the COVID craziness and everything else that's going on and social media and uh, all the other crazy things that are happening right now that we have no control over. I can control my faith and my hope so that I can pass that on to my family as well. Again, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. But I'm striving for it. And if I'm not doing those things, I can't ask my family, my kids, to do those things. To have faith and hope in something that's greater than them. So, now, today, we've gone through different variations of church or church meetings. Um, Being able to do the sacrament at home has been a blessing. Uh, And spending more time in the mountains with my family, that's our way of showing our faith, is enjoying being outdoors 
and nature and everything that God has created for us. I love it. Absolutely do. And it blows my mind anytime I think about even just the human body. And we had someone uh, in the last couple of years who he's, he's a healthy guy. Uh, he's got a family. But anyway, he's healthy. He's he, I would say he's fit. Um, he could go run a 5K if he wanted to. He would go lift some weights if he wanted to. Uh, and he dropped dead. He literally died because of a misfire of millionth of a second in the two nodes in his heart. There was a slight misfire and he just dropped. No warning, nothing. Luckily, they were able to revive him and he has had no permanent damage, no permanent brain damage, none of that. But the fact that for one, it was like one millionth or even smaller than that of a second of misfire between those two nodes that are in your heart, someone can just drop. Now, maybe that fires off your anxiety. I'm sorry if I just caused that. But to me, it's amazing. It blows my mind how our body functions. Every single organ functions the way that it does, even down to your blood cells, even down to every atom, how everything functions together and that there's not more misfires in our body. It just blows my mind. It blows me away. So anyway, sorry, I keep going on these little squirrels, uh, squirrely tangents, but with faith and hope, I want to share that with everyone that hears my voice, that sees my posts on Instagram, uh, that is part of my group on Facebook, that sees me posting on Facebook, or maybe you know me in person. And if you know me in person, again, you know I'm not perfect. I get frustrated with my kids just as much as the next dad. I have heated discussions with my wife, just like any couple. I have stressors. My life isn't smooth sailing, but I'm extremely blessed to have the life that I have. And I know it's kind of a cheesy saying, you know, count your many blessings, but when I start to go down the rabbit hole of being frustrated and upset, I rein myself in and I really do sit down and think, man, I am, yes, I may be frustrated with my son Asher in this very moment, but really why am I frustrated with him? Because I was probably doing the same thing at the age of six. And how can I help him understand how to be a better six-year-old? How can I be a better father? How can I show him how to be a better father when, when and if he chooses to have children one day? How can I show interest in something that my wife is interested in, even though I may not be interested in it? But having the faith and hope that that is going to create a stronger bond in our marriage. Again, going back to faith and hope, something bigger than me, our marriage, is more important. And that can help rein me in and that has helped. 
And we've even had those discussions where she's like, why are you doing this now? Like you haven't wanted to do this for forever, right? And I just tell her, you know, it's interesting to you and that's what's interesting to me. I'm interested in the fact that you are interested in it and I want to support you in your hobbies or your ideas or whatever it is just as much as you support me in my lifestyle of leaving for a couple days at a time into the mountains and only having satellite text messages, if that, or whatever it may be, right? Going to the gym in the morning, how we swap and how our kids even chip in with that and help each other out and watch each other while maybe we're at the gym together or whatever it is, right? There's so many things that are wrapped up in faith and hope. I want you out there listening to have the same idea. And again, you don't have to be Christian to have faith and hope. You don't even have to have an organized religion. But just having that faith and hope in something bigger than you. Hope that... The success maybe didn't happen today, but will happen tomorrow. The faith that the little things that you're doing today will impact your tomorrow. Yes, maybe you took the tiniest baby step today. Tomorrow, maybe you run five steps and then stumble and fall back one. But you're moving forward towards your goal having the faith that that's going to happen. Again, going back to the quote or the scripture in Hebrews, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see necessarily your progress. I've had that happen multiple times throughout, especially this last year and a half to two years, there's times where I wasn't seeing progress and my wife's like, hey, you're looking really good today. Or, hey, I actually really like that, the way that you handled that situation. This is the Jonathan that I married. Those kind of comments are the evidence of things not seen for me. I didn't see them, but the evidence is there. Right? And I just wanted to, to wrap this up and just rem- remind you of this other scripture that I shared at the beginning. If a man have faith, he must needs have hope. For without faith, there cannot be any hope. So remember that. As you go out, hopefully you're finding ways to make progress every day, even during these unstable, unsettling times where everyone seems to be on edge. You're finding ways to have faith and hope. You're finding the evidence of things not seen. You can't always see, but you can find that evidence of whatever it is. Again, Something bigger than you. Remember that. Be a better person today than you were yesterday. And then tomorrow, be a better person than you are today. 
It's just that simple. What did you do for someone else today? And what did you do to better yourself today? Those two questions are something that when I'm either getting down on myself or feel like I haven't accomplished much in a day, I ask those two things. And if I haven't done something for someone else, I go do it. Even if it's sending a simple text message saying how grateful you are for them and maybe something they did for you in the past that has gotten you to where you are today. Maybe you give a compliment to someone at the grocery store. I think I've shared this example, but simply giving someone a smile and having a a welcome conversation when we're so used to seeing just faces covered in masks and scared, not wanting to approach other people. In North Carolina, when we went back to visit this year, we were at the rental car place and I was talking with a lady and I, I didn't have a mask on. That's again, neither here nor there, but she saw my smile. She saw the way I had treated my kids while we were in line waiting to come up to her and just the polite way that I spoke with her. And she said, thank you so much for sharing your smile with me. I just, I kind of was shocked. I was like, well, of course, that's just who I am. But you don't know how many people you can affect just by smiling and saying hi let alone if you give them a compliment. And on top of that, if you have a meaningful conversation with them and let them know that they are important. So, I just want to leave you with that. Think about that. What do you have faith in? What do you hope for? You can figure that out. It doesn't have to be an organized religion, but what do you believe in that's bigger than you? What do you hope for in the future? What gets you up in the morning? What is the hope? And what do you believe in? What is your faith? I hope you guys got something out of out of that today and that little discussion on, on faith, how I've grown and developed my faith throughout my life. And again, this is a daily, daily, daily journey. I'm constantly growing in my faith and hope. It's changing, it's molding, improving. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Find your faith, what you believe in that's bigger than you, and what's your what do you hope for? What gets you up? Do that for yourself. If you got something out of this podcast, I ask that you please share it with others. On Apple and on Spotify. Please leave a review on Apple. I would love to hear your feedback. You can send me a message on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors. Go follow me there. Uh, comment on my posts. Check my story. <laughs> I post in there a little bit. My wife says I post too much, but I want to show my life to people so people can live, live happier, be more successful. Follow me in my journey as I become more successful. And also seeing what successes I've experienced with my family, and my loved ones, the blessings that I have, and that I want to share with everyone else. So thank you so much for listening in today. 
And as always, get out, live your life, and love it.